This is the true response. So we're talking about Galatians <laughs> 1, correct? Today? Sure, yeah. So I have your guys' very favorite thing to do. Is ask is a question. Trivia question. Sleep. Oh, sleep. Is not about right. Paul. Paul. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. Paul was born in Tarsus, but which modern day country is the city in? I'll give you options. Turkey, Israel, Greece, or Syria? It's either Turkey or Syria. Or Greece. (laughs) I don't think it's Greece. Greece um, It's not Israel. I would guess Turkey. It's not Israel. The answer is Turkey. I said that. (laughs) That was the first option I gave you. Tarsus, Turkey, sounds sounds right. I knew it was like I didn't up think in the, it, I didn't think it was area. Greece because I've yeah. actually been to Greece. Greece is over here. Yeah. Turkey's up here. If you actually could see us, you know, you know what <laughs> you I'm. You would not what have I'm a better. Hand you would not have a better understanding of where it is. Yeah. <laughs> whom did Whom did Paul confront to the face because of the, the face. he separated himself from the Gentiles? Peter. Peter. Peter Pan. That is also <laughs> in Galatians. So well, Peter. Yeah, he talks about how Peter's being a jerk. A jerk, yeah. a jerking hypocrite. The rock. Which religious order? The rock. Was Paul originally from and born into? What did you say? Which religious. religious order was Paul originally from and born into? His father being a prominent member of the same order. Pharisees. Pharisees. He was Pharisees. a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Are you born into the Pharisees? It's a. I don't know. The, the fa- religious order. Well, I mean, it's like. They're the ones that like were more about the law, following the law, like mm-hmm. put the law at first. I mean, he right? was Jewish, so he. I mean, so it's his a sect. Dad I was guess. prominent in it, so yeah. he was. I mean, he was <clears throat> technically born into that. Like I was born into the Christian Church, or well, Baptist Church, but <laughs> like the Christian. We try not to talk about that. religious <laughs> order. You know, like mm. your father's religion became your religion. Your yeah, own. I kind of made it my own pretty quick. Which tribe of Israel was Paul from? You, you, I think made, you made up this, your own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and which, this is the truth <laughs> response, by the way. Hey, I'm just telling the truth, right? Spitting it, spitting it as it is. Uh, which tribe of Israel was Paul from? This is interesting to me. I did Ooh, not know. I this. think it's Levite. Nope. Oh. Benjamin. It is Benjamin. Oh. Yeah, that's which, that was my interesting because, yeah. like, I think about the fact that. Benjamin was the 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 last son, the left-handed. Which when we're recording this, it's, it's left-handers day. day. Oh, it is left-handers day. Uh-huh. Right. Whoa! <laughs> you did that. Check you didn't that even out. know that was a divine Actually, intervention. You should be doing Ehud. Look what I did. Yeah. So, let's talk about Ehud. I was gonna say, but Benjamin was the last son to Rachel. Correct. And the last, last son, son to Jacob. To Jacob. Yeah. Jacob, well, that's that, true. That we know of. Is I mean, but it was, I mean, it was the last Rachel's second son, I guess. Last yeah. One. Yeah. But I just think it's an interesting fact that Paul, who is like such a major thing, mm-hmm. it was born into the tribe of Benjamin. I don't yeah. know. Well, not think very, about not very many famous Benjamites. The first king, <laughs> right? The Benjamites had a rough time. I mean, like, yeah. there's a lot of rough stories that happen. 
yeah. all didn't have an easy time for yeah. sure. Benjamin, the Benjamites. I feel like they're like the redheaded stepchild of the tribes. Yeah, like they really were. They, the la- they're like the last. <laughs> yeah. And the least. <laughs> they had the shot though, right? Yeah. Saul. The other Saul, right? He was from them. And he was from them. He was from them. <laughs> he was a head he was a head taller than all the others, right? Yeah. Which put him at probably a good six foot. Cause they're notoriously small people. From somewhat some believe. So that's Saul. Yeah. What's also interesting yeah. is we find out that Paul was a Roman citizen. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, yep. Which could happen a number of ways. I mean, you could money, literally money, be money. born to, you know, <laughs> someone who who is a Roman citizen, right? A uh, father, right? You had to be a male child, okay, to have that citizenship. In the male, so, uh-huh. you had to come from the male. Yep, it did come from come right through the male. What was the, the postage rate on this? Was, uh, Couple six. 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 I like six. 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 Exactly. Six. 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 Um, So I did not say that. You could. You could. You could be born into it. Uh, You can carry out a great service for the Roman Empire, or even uh, buying the right to citizenship, which was extremely expensive. Um, But it's believed that uh, Paul was actually born a citizen, whether or not. You know where in that his lineage he that happened. It, it happened. Who knows? But mm-hmm. um, they say that it was probably closer to the eighty to forty BC time that his family, possibly his father, grandfather, um, became a Roman citizen, and it, he was he was born into it. So this was kind of a, an important thing in Paul's ministry because mm-hmm. um, he got away with a lot of stuff. He did get away <laughs> with a lot of stuff. And but he, he also didn't He invoked use it. <laughs> that right of uh, citizenship when they were going to kill him. So. Well, yeah, but he let them stone him without saying it. It was it wasn't until he went to the officials that he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm a Roman citizen." <laughs> like, Boom. And then like, "Oh no, what have we done?" <laughs> like, so we actually have to be fair about this. What did you? Do? That's the interesting trivia I have. I, I just think. Knowing a little bit about who's who's writing here is an important thing. So you missed like, the fact oh, that he he approved of the the stoning of Stephen. He, he did approve the, of who was the, the first mar- martyr. That was actually one of the trivia questions, but I didn't bring it up. But yeah, yeah he oh. did. He uh, slacking on your job. <laughs> he approved of it. Do In fact, ask questions and you they're didn't not do it. They, they don't really know for sure if he ever participated, Yeah. but he watched over the garments of the men who were considered the witnesses, which were the first ones to get to get to stone, to stone someone. Uh, first ones to get stoned. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. First, first stoners. Um, <laughs> and we well, wonder why and there's I, not I a think huge it's following. Interesting too, because like Paul's story. So he goes from like being a Pharisee and like. His job is to track down, you know, Christians and kill them and get them, or, you know, and to get them arrested and stuff. And then he changes everything. And then he's taken to trial to these Pharisees, which are probably all guys that he had known. 
Like you don't really think about like the, these are people who would have been familiar with him, and yeah. then now they go could have even been Kenshin. students of his. Like and now they're the ones that yeah. are condemning him and are attacking him, and mm. like that would be hard. Like mm. seeing f- from Paul's perspective, like seeing like these people that you had at one time considered friends, like and now they're after you, and mm. they they're yeah. I don't know. I just think about that sometimes because mm. I don't know because that's the way my brain works. <laughs> yeah. That, that is something interesting to think about. I've never taken the time to be like, hmm, I wonder what that effect was. He was being persecuted yeah, by like, the people that knew him. Yeah, co-workers. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe some of them were kind of out for his job, you know, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe others were like, yeah. how could you, how can you think this way when this is what you taught? Like, I wonder if some of them When thought, you were like, the Pharisee of the Pharisees. Under, maybe right? he's just going undercover. I want to <laughs> know what happened to the guys he rode with. To Damascus, and then, you know, he wasn't alone. He got yeah. knocked off his horse and blinded. I mean, like, yeah. What was the experience like for those guys? Yeah, you and know? you get a little bit of the like, they didn't have the full exposure, but they got, they the heard some of, of it, the repercussion. Yeah. Like there right. was some of that that went on. They they that. were witness to it to some extent. Right, too, right. It's kind of kind of interesting. Mm. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of thought. There's a lot that happened to Paul. And, yeah, and around well. Paul and. The uh, obviously the stonings put him in a bad place with the apostles, right? Um, whenever he was, st- they like, were hesitant. When, yeah, they, of they, well, yeah. they didn't want anything to do with him. Yeah, I yeah. mean, at first nope. it wasn't just hesitation; it was yeah. nope, no. I mean, we're talking like the guys that were disciples of Jesus. Yeah, so we're like, nope, yeah. <laughs> nope. Paul can just stay away. Yeah. Well, and and what I find intriguing too, it, in the book of Galatians, the letter in, to to the church in Galatia, is that he even talks about like, for the first several years of after the whole Damascus Road experience, he separated himself from them. Even like he he sought out the revelation of Christ and he studied and learned and like reevaluated and then and then kind of came that introductory period where he came to know the apostles and disciples, you know, at, at that point. So, and and there, there was a point where he and Peter had a good relationship, and at least from what you find in Acts. So there was some some separation period time, and there was some cool-down period mm-hmm. where maybe they began to ask some questions, like, here's this dude that was really persecuting, like, what, what happened to Saul, right? He just... Did he just fall off the end end of the earth? Like, well, Barnabas played a big role in it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when no one else and, believed him, or yeah, and that's he that's built, something that yeah. we as Christians, I, don't, I think that it's easier to be in the apostle side sometimes. You know, like mm-hmm. the yeah. the disciples sides mm-hmm. of the coin. Like, you see this person who like. I don't know, kills people, you know, like, or whatever. And they give their life to Christ, and then it's like, yeah, but we still don't want to have anything to do with this horrible person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we really should be more like Barnabas, where Mm -hmm. it's like, no, you guys don't get it. Like, this guy, this guy's different, you know. Like, this guy found Christ, you know. Mm -hmm. And his sin is just as bad as your sin, you know. like, And it's just as much forgiveness has been given, you know, like... Um, the same amount of love 
And so I think that his his role in Paul's life was huge. Yeah. You know, a, a big deal. Paul's laying the smack down in this letter. Like... I feel like that's just Paul's personality. Though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but he comes at it even harder in, in Galatians than in most other letters. Mm-hmm. Like, even... Like in Corinth, 1 Corinthians, he's got some stuff that has to be, some dirty laundry that needs to be aired out and, and corrected. But this letter is different than that. I mean, like, he just, he's ready to go all Chuck Norris on some stuff. Like, he's getting crazy because of what's happening. Yeah, and I, I, I think that Paul's writings, right, like, they all generally start the same way. Right. right. They say, this is who I am. And, you know, grace and peace to you, or, I, you know, love be to you, or however, yeah. you know, he, he words it. But, like, he, he gives them this, like, warm greeting, generally, to start with. Yeah. Followed by the hammer. Right. Well, and he doesn't <laughs> do that. Like, he does that a little bit. Here in, right. Gal- in Galatians, so but like, it's not like the any first of the five other verses are like, yeah, like it's not, he's it. not saying, Oh, I heard all these good things about Jesus you and things you awesome. were doing. Grace yeah. and peace to you. Yeah. I'm astonished by your behavior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where that that che- turn, and then it's like, you know, Check yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you you've blown me away by the quick change that you have turned from this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, you were you're doing so well. What the heck happened? And, uh, yeah, so that, that tone, that opening tone is, it's one of those things that gets me fired up when I read this letter. It's like, man, this is, this is maybe the equivalent of Jesus rolling into the temple and turning over the tables of the money changers, right? I I think this is like the Paul equivalent letter to that moment in Jesus's ministry. And the cool thing is cool. I don't know. Unique trivia thing is this is the letter that inspires a lot of change. This is the letter that inspired Luther to bring about the Reformation. Mm-hmm. This It all hinges right here on Galatians when he's like, wait a minute. And, and I, I think just even that op- the opening chapter is really, it really sets the stage for that, is that, wait a minute, this gospel, like Paul talking about this no other gospel. I mean, you've probably got that in your subheading of your Bible. And it gets you thinking as a believer, like, oh man, what's the gospel that I believe? Like, what's the, what is the good news? What is the, what is the news period? Like, what, what's got a hold of me that is teaching me, that I'm teaching others, that I'm relying upon? Is it really this message that I was, was brought to in the first place? Well, and the way Paul words it, he really, I mean, He's blown away. Yeah. Like, he is very blown away by this. I mean, he's like, uh, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to another, to a different gospel. Not that there is another one. Right. And that's what he goes on to say, which is really no gospel. Right. Yeah. But he's like, but you're, you're distorting the gospel of Christ. Like, yeah. like. He, he says that you're turning to another gospel, but not not that there is another gospel. You're, you're completely throwing this through a loop. Yep. 
So let's let's take one moment here. Like I don't know if you've ever ever done a little study on the the gospel, like gospel, like that word word study with that. Even you Evangelion, right? That's the the uh, the Greek word there. And what what role did it play in the ancient world? So like we hear the word gospel and we translate it good news, and for us it's like some tidbit of information that we receive and like. Maybe it changes us, maybe it doesn't. Hopefully the latter, the former is what happens. It should change us. So when, when you think about that word gospel, when we go back in the original context, like there was some severe, some significant, some deep connotation that came from it. Gospel and good news wasn't something that was just like, oh, you hear it every day. Like it was a proclamation. This was something profound that was was being shared, told, heard, and received. Um, if you go back into the Old Testament, um, you can read about good news and things like that that happened, and that would come like by way to David when he got the good news of a of, of victory in battle that happened. That was good news. That was gospel. Um, you look on the on the pagan side of things, and there was this good news, good tidings that would be received um, when, uh, which, which, uh, which Caesar was it that was born? Uh, it was one of their birthdays. Regardless, there's a, a writing that's out there from just before the time that Christ was born, and it, spe- it spoke of the, the good news of this Caesar who was ruling over the Roman Empire that um, he was going to bring peace and prosperity and wealth and um, and all of this great stuff to the Roman Empire, which we see just more persecution and hardship and and trouble and trial that comes instead. But but it was a it was a political statement in a lot of ways, and it was also a military statement. And so when we read about gospel and we put ourselves back in uh, in first century. Uh, Galatia, like what are these are the things that they're thinking of when they hear the word gospel? Like we're just we just automatically maybe go to Jesus and like the warm fuzzies. They go to military triumph and political power and prowess. So it's a very different place that it took them than it takes us today. Well, I mean, and I almost see it as as like something that's it's going to completely change the trajectory, right? Yes. So, like, even, even you know, militarily or, you know, peace. I mean, that it's, it's a proclamation of complete change of trajectory yeah. and, and where you're going to build the next steps on, right? Yeah. Like, is, is completely, it's foundational almost yeah. to yeah. where you're going to head. Yeah. And so whenever he's like... There is no good news, but this one. Like, right. this is this is the foundation. This is the pinnacle. This is the starting point. This is the the trajectory of of anything that you could possibly view as a a good thing. Period. Yeah. Is yeah. is is this gospel of Jesus? Yeah. You know this this the fact that we could be reconciled with with god you yep. know yeah um, 
Yeah, that's that's a really good statement, and and I love that you said that. And I don't know if you stole that or if that just came to you, <laughs> but I was <laughs> I was just, just came to me. I was just <laughs> you know, you're gonna roll with that. Intentionally, I was just listening to a podcast. Uh, it was Bible Bible Project, and they were interviewing N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright, you know, big big scholar, theologian, like one of the premier in the world today, and. Uh, they were talking about what is gospel, what is the gospel. And that was the point that, that N.T. Wright kept coming back to was this This wasn't just headline news. Like this was, and he didn't use the word tra- change in trajectory, but it was a profound change that would have lasting impact. Nothing yeah. would be the same after this moment. Like that was what it was. So like a change in trajectory, like that. that's a great way to really sum it up. And that was what, what Paul was sharing, I mean, that's, the, that's what we are called to share in Christ, is that there is a profound change in trajectory that happened 2,000 years ago with Christ and the fulfillment of what he brought um, and the way that we are able to live now because of what he did, because of who he is. It's funny because, like, any time that Paul talks, really, I mean, most of Scripture— um, but we're talking about Paul today, and so um, anytime Paul talks about stuff, it, it's I feel like a lot of times we try to make it complicated, mm-hmm. and he's not addressing the complication part, right? Because it it's all the simple stuff. I mean, it was it's simple enough some fishermen could understand it, right? You know, some mm-hmm. some of you know the the least educated. We'll just put it that way. Like I'm not saying you know anything necessarily about different job types or roles or whatever but the even the the least of the educated could understand this gospel Mm -hmm. and so all of his corrections are at the source of the problem and doesn't doesn't necessarily deal with like the complexities that have come about because Mm -hmm. he's talking about not the symptoms but how to fix the symptoms at the problem and the root and i think that that a lot of times we try to jump into this uh to his writings mm-hmm. as though we're looking for, you know, what topic of transgenderism, mm-hmm. you know, okay, that's complex. Right. Let's, let's get to the root of what, what scripture says. And then we do have to make some, some assumptions based upon that. Right. right? Um, theories. Right. Based off of facts. Right. You know? Um, but, so so the complex issues that we have are really just a bunch of non-complex issues thrown together. Okay. That makes it Tracking, complex. Tracking with you. Okay. So and so let's let's think about it this way. If if the gospel of Christ is indeed true then that makes every other bit of news that may be proclaimed something lesser, right? Mm-hmm. That yep. It's the only thing that has eternal ramifications and significance. What's yeah. a different spin on what good is? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, like, just in general. Like, yep. if this is what good news is, all other news is not. Right. Nothing can measure up to it. Right. There's other news that can be good from our it here, be here now bad. and today. Right. right, but right. like it's not the good news. It's not. It's not 
it doesn't match up, like you said, to yep. to the standard of goodness. Yep. I mean, which is our God, right? Like, God is the standard for what is good yep. and what is right, what is moral, what is beauty, what is, you know, he, he is the standard for all of that. Mm-hmm. So anything lesser is just that. Yep. Not yeah. Good. And that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, good, a good way to look at it because if the gospel is right and true and it, that therefore means every other good news or news, every other aspect of news, every other proclamation that is made, it becomes subservient to, to this. This is the lens in which we are to gauge everything else in the world through. Mm-hmm. And then that also means that if this is the gospel, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that he is sitting enthroned for all eternity, right? He yeah. is the King of the Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the Messiah. And he is reigning in a kingdom for all eternity, which then means that if that's true, that we're called to conform to that kingdom, right? That's the one in which we'll be held account to, not this one, not the one we live in right now. I mean, there are repercussions for every good or bad deed that we do, but there are eternal repercussions that we often overlook uh, because of the here and the now, because we've given into a, a false gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Right. Yeah, I mean, and... And a lot of that is based upon what did Jesus say, right? Like, because mm-hmm. that's, that's very important, too. He said he's the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. No one can come to the Father. There is no other way. There is. He was proclaiming that there's no other gospel but him. Right. So, and if there truly is no other gospel, if it is the true gospel, then Jesus is the only way. And what he has said is what he meant and what what he has said is truth right right so what what is the false gospel that the galatians are believing what is this what is prompting paul to write this letter to the church in galatia doesn't actually say really does it well there's enough illusion there that i I think you get you get the point like one thing we do know is that wherever Paul went, there were a bunch of Jews that were going around right behind him mm-hmm. and trying to undo what he'd done. What he'd done yeah. Right? And this is a weird, this is one of them sticky wickets because it's like, are they being malicious in their intent or are they misguided in their intent? Because what they're calling them to do is that they all have to be circumcised. That, that's what, it's kind of the heart of this. Yeah. And we think, well, that's kind of a silly thing because like most male babies born in America are circumcised within, I don't know, 24 hours of them being born. So like, mm-hmm. what's the big deal behind all of that? For them, it was the symbolism of mm-hmm. what this meant. It meant that now you were being bound to an old covenant and you were being bound to the law. To, to the the Jewish law. Yeah. And why would you stop there at that point? Why wouldn't you just follow all of the Jewish laws then? Right. Slippery slope. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> yep. And, and it's just putting another layer in the like way of accessing God. Yeah. Like putting putting a layer back on. Yeah. You know, Jesus was on the cross and 
things were torn, <laughs> things were stripped stripped away, and and more direct access was given. And then we're gonna take that and put our own put our own shields up, mm-hmm. put our own doors on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which, you're you're essentially stitching the the veil back together. Mm-hmm. Well, but if you think about it, I mean. Just to sit in their shoes for a moment, right? Like the the Jews. Everything that they have been given prior mm-hmm. has been added to, mm-hmm. on top of. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this before, now I'm going to give you this as well mm-hmm. to keep you in line. And then this as well, mm-hmm. not to get rid of any of this stuff. But Jesus' whole process kind of changed everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like sure. it, it's, it's not a this and, you know, you're, you're not adding this to it. This, this is the place. new, yeah. right? And so, in in their defense, to some extent, like all they've ever known in the past has been this plus, right? Right. That's the way they came to them, yeah. and they just, I don't know. The same thing happens in the mission field sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go to another culture, and you you conform them to your culture mm-hmm. before giving them Jesus. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to start a church in another country. You start an American church. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not what's supposed to happen. It's supposed yeah. to be, you know, these people should respond to the gospel in their own way. Yep. Yeah. Right. And so instead of adding layers, like, well, first you have to become American, then you can become Christian. Well, and it's and almost the same, oh, and it, but I don't think it's intentional, No. but, but that happens a lot. Yeah. It does happen a lot. But that's how that's how we relate to others. I mean, yeah. like, and and that's it's that's our experience. That, it's right. all we know. That's what we know. That's yeah. how we know yeah. it's. And if we if we just give you the Jesus, and I think in our minds it's like, but how do we regulate whether you're you're going off track? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because if if you give if you give the Jesus first and and not not the culture first, then you don't know as easily. And, I mean, at least I think in our minds, we don't know as easily how to help s- not help you from straying mm-hmm. or help you back on track. Mm-hmm. And I think that that comes probably from a, a lack of truly understanding what the gospel is and what it's about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we may understand it to the point of believing it and trusting in it, mm-hmm. but my question is maybe maybe we don't do we do we believe in it? enough or understand it enough to 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 be able to teach it well mm-hmm. yeah you know like do we trust in it and understand the simplicity of it right enough to to just give people jesus right, right. and not the everything else yeah. and when you look at the gospel as a whole the whole go- the whole the whole bible is the gospel i mean it's all speaking to the human condition which is important for us to understand because that's what reveals our significant need for Christ. I mean, really, that's, that's what the New Testament is all about. It's all about the human condition and our, our, our bent toward self-destruction, essentially. I mean, that, that, that's it. And a lot of times we don't want to read that. We want to separate ourselves from that, especially a lot of new, new age American churches, right? Like, we don't preach from the Old Testament. Why? Like, it speaks to the human condition, and it all points directly to the need for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And not to mention, 
when Jesus talked about Scripture, right. or Paul talks about Scripture in the New Testament, they're not talking about the New Testament. Right. They're talking only about the Old Testament right. in their context because the New Testament wasn't written yet. Right. You know, like, it wasn't even accepted as Scripture, yep. you know, when Paul was writing it. Yep. So, yeah, I wonder I wonder what Paul's thought was. Like Paul if Paul was sitting here right now with us in 2021 and he was looking like, at the Bible, dude, yeah. I had no idea yeah. that this was going to be This I, is that email I sent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a smart aleck here. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did I really say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> is this how I came off? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, even even the apostles the early, you know, in the early years of the church, the first ten years of the church, it was the Jews. Like it, mm-hmm. it was, it, it, yeah. and that was the instruction anyway. Mm-hmm. Was to go first to the Jews, right? right? But the apostles didn't really think of the Gentiles in the way that God intended them to. Mm-hmm. So you know, well, you can't really how. fault the church yeah. at this for point for they... feeling this way or yeah. for being this way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly. It's they're, they're all why Paul is so important. To they're blazing new trails, yeah. you know, and yeah. And Paul is so important in it because he he was a Roman citizen. He was a Gentile yeah. as much as he was a Jew mm-hmm. at, at that point. At least in in his culture and his upbringing, yeah. like he he was a Roman citizen. He was well, a part of that culture. Yeah. I don't. So he was trained in the way of the Jews, but privy to the way of. But I, th- I think mm-hmm. that he was picked because he was a Jew that was they were, like obviously rejected like, so like he wasn't acceptable anymore sure. and he wasn't acceptable to the accept, acceptable to the Christians either, mm-hmm. and now where does he go to the one people that no one else is going to go to, mm-hmm. like I think he, yeah in a he, way God used him getting way. backed into a corner, to spread he to the Gentiles both sides though. Mm-hmm. Because he said, all right, guys, we got to figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was the one that was like. But it was only after a long time that that really right, happened. He, he like, was the one who was like, you guys. Yeah. This is. After he had already started his together. ministry to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. After he had already started. Sure. I agree. Um, and Paul just acknowledges that was his call. I mean, yeah. Peter, James. Uh, like they're explicitly, you can see that they were called to the to the Jews, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you could, see, you don't know a lot about some of the other disciples and what their or apostles and what their call was, but you know, I mean, Paul reiterates that time and time again. I think he even reiterates it in, in Galatians: is that look, my call was to the to the Gentiles. That was who I was supposed to preach to, and. I wasn't going to allow anything to stop me doing that. And you see that from his mission trips and all the stuff that he endured through those mission trips. And he just never stopped sharing the gospel. Like, he just never stopped proclaiming the good news of Jesus and who he is and why it's important. But, yeah, like, when you talk about some of the contextual settings and stuff like that, I think about when he, uh, where was he? What was the letter where he where he was in the, was it Ephesus? Where he was in the, the courts of all the other gods that they worshipped, right? And he said, mm-hmm. you've got statues to all of these gods. You've got one to the unknown god. You're so religious. Let me tell you about that one, right? Yeah. Like, he was, he was so observant, and he was more interested in meeting people in their culture, in their context, mm-hmm. than he was in 
look, I know I'm a Jew, and I know maybe there's some gap here in the way that we can relate, but I want to communicate it to you, this gospel, this message to you, in a way that that respects where you've come from. Well, and that's because he was top-tier Jew. Yeah. I mean, religious leader. Yeah. And did horrible, unspeakable things to Christians. Yeah. And then Jesus said, okay, and slapped him right in the face. Shattered everything that that Paul had based his entire life on. And I can't even imagine, like, Paul knew Stephen got stoned right at his feet, you know, mm-hmm. like, how, looking back on that and mm-hmm. thinking back on that, like, how how much struggle would that be, or would it be a driving force, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, Paul seemed like the kind of guy that, like, he probably had some some remorse towards it, but, like, he allowed that to drive him mm-hmm. into this unknown, uncharted territory right. that only he was perfect for at the time because everything he knew was shattered around him. Yep. Like, all of his culture was shattered completely. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and this this news, this gospel that... Paul's sharing and that we're given to share too, we maybe lose sight of that. And it's not something that's meant to be informative. It's something that's meant to be transformative, right? The The Bible isn't something I just pick up and read like I read the newspaper or like I read a book. It, it's something that is meant to speak directly to our heart and our soul. And it's tough to say that there's a right way and a wrong way to read it. Most of that comes to your your spiritual perspective when you're looking at it. Like, oh, I want to read this just to prove somebody wrong, which is really cool because then usually God shows up and makes them believers anyway. Like Lee Strobel, like think about him, right? Um, but the the gospel and the proclamation that accompanies what good news is from the perspective of a first century a first century citizen was this is transformative this this is changing the narrative and more importantly changing my life to correspond to that as well and we overcomplicate yeah you and i have had yeah. this conversation yeah. before nick and yeah. that we we overcomplicate christianity i think yeah and and the good news because the good news is not don't be gay Right. The good news is is not there's only two genders. The right. good news is not, you know, don't hate. Right. The good news is not, you know, don't have sex before marriage. That's not the good news. The good news is that Jesus died for you in spite of all the things that you do. Right. Like, he, he died so that you don't have to bear punishment for anything that is less than good. Right. Which is everything that we do. Right. right? So, like, that's the good news. And I think we overcomplicate it all the time mm. in church. Yep. And that's the thing that's transformative. Not the don't be gay, don't don't hate, don't yep. whatever. Like that's the stuff that gets in even my way when I'm talking to people. Right. Like that's what gets in the way of it complicates things is that we we forget that the gospel is simply this. Yep. Jesus died for us in spite of whatever it is that we have done that's less than his standard of goodness. Yep. Right? Yep. So 
that's i mean it, it is as simple as that yep. and that's what transforms people yep. not yeah. all the rules and regulations we place on it mm-hmm. right right and paul seems to get that really well yeah. like i was just thinking about it and processing through so we, when you're saying he was he was talking he went to these people like in athens if he's in athens he's probably at the acropolis so mm-hmm. where all these and he just walks in yeah. <laughs> like yeah. i've been there so yeah. like to me i'm just like oh my gosh like to like because i started visualizing him just coming into like all these places of worship and it's like let me tell you <laughs> like yeah. let me tell you about this this real person yeah. like let me tell you about this what really happened and yeah. what all this stuff like that's that takes balls <laughs> like well, i feel like, like i feel like and like the the, the culture right mm-hmm. the culture there they were seeking knowledge, knowledge. and truth yeah right like yeah. that's what they wanted yeah they they had a lot of wrong yeah right but they were seeking that yep. so they would have listened to somebody like paul mm-hmm. who was like hey i actually know who this this god is yeah let me tell you about him. Yeah. They just sat down and listened to him. Well, that was whereas a, the Jewish culture, it's like you're not a rabbi. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was a Who are that you? was a cultural element. Yeah. Right. I mean, the 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 rhetoricians, right, yeah. of of Roman and Greek thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a huge thing. People would go and sit in the basically the the town square and listen to these these people argue and debate back and forth and mm-hmm. share ideas. Yeah. And that was... You're saying I would have been good back in that culture? Like I would have thrived good in that is, culture? That's... that's can we be good without God? We can, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm not sure what side of the fence you would fall on and how you wanted to find I good. I would have thrived so, in that, that culture. Yeah, you, you would have... Thrived or been probably killed. Been really sure. Probably been <laughs> stoned. Yeah. Yeah. It probably would have been yeah. stoned yeah. at some point. Thrown in a coliseum of some sort. Yeah. So what here here's the let's let's kind of bring this home a little bit is what's the re, what's the repercussions of this as the gospel because we, we find it immediately in Paul's letter and I think we overlook this because we complicate it right what are the repercussions of the gospel of Christ the only gospel that there is grace and peace yeah. oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah, I mean that that's it. Like for sure. That's you want to sum up the gospel. Like we can say it's love and we can say it's it's our salvation and we can say it's all of those things and, and it is, but I feel like they're more they're more symptoms of what you what you kinda gain. Like grace and peace are are the drivers behind all of that. Because first it has to be grace, right? Grace, and grace is de- de- defined by, you know, giving something that is undeserved. Right, and that's exactly what God did. Right, and I mean, he he spends sixty six books of the Bible telling us that. Like, right. I mean, really, the Old Testament speaks highly of this is why you don't deserve Jesus. <laughs> this is yeah. why you don't deserve me. And and regardless of that, like I've chosen this people who have such hard, obstinate hearts and will continue to turn their way, turn turn their backs on me, but I will continue to love them and to give them grace until the ultimate culmination of my grace manifests when I take on the flesh of humanity and bear the weight of their sin. And then not only that, because a lot of times our gospel stops there, right? Which is... Jesus died for us. No, he did, but no, that's not where it ends. He rose, and then he ascended, right? 
because the fulfillment of the Messiah wasn't our salvation. It was to put him on the throne. Right. Right. And, and that's something I've had a conversation recently about was our salvation, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. right, and in, in my thought process, our salvation is, is uh, the sacrifice for our salvation is, is good enough at Christ's death. Mm-hmm. But there had to be proof that Jesus was God and mm-hmm. that everything he said was true or in order for him to have died a perfect, sinless death. Mm-hmm. So that's where the whole resurrection is important. Mm-hmm. But then the ascension is important because that's his reign, man. Right. Like that's, that is the, the authority given to him and his preparing to come back. Mm-hmm. That's the promise that he has for us. Yep. That he started. Yep. Yep. The foundation of, of, of the promise he has for us. So, yeah. Yeah. Grace undeserved. And then, and then what do we gain from that? Like, we say we gain salvation from the gospel, but even more than that, I love the word peace. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. Like, fruit of the spirit right first fruit mentioned is peace um you know paul continues to utter grace and peace we hear peace be with you mm-hmm. like we <laughs> the man who has the most unpeaceful life <laughs> yeah yeah right and and really peace is peace is the foundation of mm-hmm. that i mean we can rest in salvation but that doesn't mean we're not going to have struggles today mm-hmm. and Take heart, right? I have overcome the world. Pick up your cross daily. Like Jesus keeps telling us of the challenge that we're mm-hmm. going to experience today. And so does and, Paul. And, and that seems so paradoxical to peace, right? But if... If you understand that God's going to take care of it, yeah, that's where your peace is, not in right. all the chaos and all the things that are happening around peace you. And that's hard. Peace of conflict. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Peace is being able to say it's well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's well with my soul. There you go. God's got this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is a time especially where maybe you see the goats and the sheep tend to stray from one another a little bit because we've got such unrest, right? Mm-hmm. We've got political unrest. We've got uh, health unrest, uh, whatever capacity you want to call that, right? Mm-hmm. You've got social unrest. You've got unrest when it comes to... To just families yeah, in general. Ethnicity. Like, I mean, yeah, there is so much unrest and confusion right now. And man, I wonder like we talk about people wanting hope. Yeah, we need hope. The hope that comes from Jesus. Why? Because we need peace <laughs> is what we need. And we won't find that anywhere other than the gospel, mm-hmm. which is not some different gospel. Because if we're believing anything other than Jesus, then we aren't aren't embracing the gospel, and we can't have peace. Yeah, I think there's there's three categories: sheep, goats, and the wolves that we <clears throat> do need to talk about, especially when it comes to our day and age. And the the wolves that are in these sheep's clothing, right? Mm-hmm. The the progressive pastors and mm-hmm. the and the woke Christians that we, we have discussed, um, 
is is a whole nother thing and my first <laughs> reaction and my first instinct is that well we kill the wolf right we, we attack <laughs> it you know mm-hmm. um but really now that <laughs> now that I've, I've, I've thought about it a lot it's, lately it's ripe in your heart right right <laughs> well i mean but we're we're called to be kill the, the pig right like but but we are called to to some oh. of us are called to shepherd right yeah so um that that's part of that thought process but um recently i was invited to a group on facebook i'm not going to say who invited me or anything like that but that is called what the furtick and uh if you don't know who uh I don't remember the guy's Stephen name. Furtick. Stephen Furtick yeah. is. He is a progressive pastor. Of, Apparently his first name is Larry. I don't know. I don't know. That's what they either. keep. What, where is he the pastor? He, Elevation. Elevation, okay. Yeah. And they're a fairly progressive or becoming more progressive yeah. uh, church. And basically this whole Facebook group is to hate and bash and attack Stephen Furtick. Yeah. And I joined because, you know, some of the memes are kind of funny. Um but the people that were commenting, it was like constantly attacking and belittling, mm-hmm. and none of it was edifying, not mm-hmm. not a bit of it. And so um, recently, my, my thought process has become, instead of, instead of attacking these wolves, why don't we defend the sheep? Mm-hmm. You right. Know, it's, it's a whole different stance right. to be ready to attack than to take, as we would say in D&D, the dodge action. You know, we're ready to defend, not to Shield. not to attack. So, um, so yeah. But I mean that that is the third thing we have to talk about because yeah. it's an important piece, and people don't. Most people don't see that. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize it, recognize it, or understand it. And it, it's on those of us who do recognize that stuff to say something and to protect those sheep. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think it's in, like we haven't actually read Galatians any of Galatians except I read for like a one bit. verse. I, 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 are we supposed um, to read this to everybody out there? But, Get your Bible so, for crying out loud. We're not doing all the work for you. Well, I think it's interesting what he said <laughs> and then connection to this. Um Galatians one seven, which is really no gospel. Evidently some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Sound familiar? But even if we are or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Mm. As we have already said, so now I say it again, if anybody is preaching to the go- to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. He doesn't tell them to like yeah. go attack them. And he said, they're under yeah. God's curse. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and he says it twice. God's gonna take, yeah. like, that, God's gonna take it care of it. Twice. That back is the back. In in the Greek as well, really strong language. <laughs> like they yeah. are damned is what he's saying, mm-hmm. right? Like, like that is what he's saying. Like he's and yeah. he's telling them, Don't worry about that. It's it seems like he's saying, Don't worry about that. Just move on. You know mm-hmm. what is true, and you know if we're speaking something different then we are also under God's curse. Right. Like, if we are saying something different from the first time, yeah. like, well, then we're... Well, he takes it to a step further and be like, if an angel <laughs> from heaven speaks yeah. a different gospel, mm-hmm. he will be cursed from God. Yeah. yeah. Like... 
I mean, so, we don't even, I mean, most of us haven't even witnessed an angel that we know of, you know? Yeah. But we don't know, right? Because right. you're supposed to be kind to strangers, because in doing so, you may have helped. It's Me? tiny angels by the light of our TV screen. <laughs> no? No, I don't know that one. That's uh, Newsboys. You don't know news, that Newsboys there? Is that, that good, older Newsboys? Yeah, that's anything. old Newsboys. Yeah. I don't like old good, Newsboys. Good Newsboys. <laughs> no, no, no. Tate fixed them. <laughs> Michael Tate fixed uh, the Newsboys. Like fixed? Do you mean yeah. like cut parts off? No, of them? I mean like... Because <laughs> I would agree. Gave the, gave the part that is necessary for, for greatness. So... Okay. I don't like old news voice. I never have. Agree to disagree. It's all right. But like so. Thousand foot's better, anyways. But I think this. I mean, directly speaks to what you're saying about, you know, progressive churches and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, let them be under God's curse. Like, that's God's gonna handle it. Like, Mm -hmm. do what you can to like stop it from entering into what you're doing and keep other people from it. But like, he doesn't tell them to go after them. Yeah, I'm definitely working on on trying to work on that in my life. Is is the whole like not attacking, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really good at attacking. Mm-hmm. I am real good at attacking. <laughs> real um, good. I'm real. He's good. a professional. That, that is that is something <laughs> that if God had put a place for a human to to be, that would be where I would be. <laughs> but God, obviously, you know, as, as shown it, throughout all of Scripture, really, it's that's yeah, that's for Him to do. <laughs> That's for him to do. Right. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to we're supposed to defend others. And sometimes that looks like you know I, I believe this is the end of Galatians that, mm. that I think we should keep going through Galatians, but um but the end of Galatians it talks about, you know or is that not Galatians? Maybe that's Galatians. I don't know. Where it talks about the whole plank thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um I think that's the end of Galatians, isn't it? Plank thing? Yeah. The plank in the eye. Plank in the eye. Was oh, that that's thing? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that was Jesus. Oh, was that Jesus? Yeah, Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is from the middle. So, the, okay. So Jesus, the, Paul. No, at the end of Galatians, Paul, he talks about carrying each other's burdens. Yeah. And just before that, he talks about the uh, circumcision and well, this, like, okay, wait, wait, wait. we should go the whole way. Maybe it's not the plank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Hang on. Now I got to look it up. Hang right. on, hang on. Another hang one on. of those, like, cringe <laughs> throat punches that Paul throws. Okay. Yeah. No, it's not the plank thing that I was thinking of, but it is Galatians 6. Uh, where it says, brothers, if anyone is caught in transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Uh, keep watch on yourself, lest you be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's all speech of, yeah, go. You can go correct them. Mm-hmm. That That's that's totally a part of doing. But you're doing that in defense. But don't go them. into a group and it. just bash them. You're not, you're not attacking <laughs> them. And you're not attacking the one who may have caused them to go there right right? Mm -hmm. your your whole goal is to defend each other Mm -hmm. and and to be there with each other i mean jesus does tell peter you know live by the sword right and die by the sword Mm -hmm. and so it it would be better to live by the shield right i mean and the sword of truth but but you know that shield of of guarding each other because that's what sustains life yeah, it's mm. it's so what that immediately made me think of, and this is the second time this week I've used this in some context, is when Jesus tells the parable of the the man who owes a great debt, right? And he comes in before the king, and the king just says, oh, you can't ever repay this debt. So 
then it's, well, sell off his family, his home, sell him, put them all in slavery, and then the man just falls on his knees and says, I just forgive me like give, give me time and and I'll I'll satisfy this debt and he asks for, for the forgiveness and then you see the king offer him grace right there we go grace and say um you know okay well you can't ever pay this like even what you can give like isn't worth it like all right I'll, I'm just gonna forgive it this time and then we see immediately that that servant goes out and for a very small sum of of money that was owed to him, he has uh, another servant thrown into prison for it. And then once the king finds out, what's he what's he do? Like you, you wicked servant! Like, don't you realize what I could have done to you? Throw him in prison until he can repay his debt, which he can't ever repay. Like it, it makes me. It brings back that story in all that that parable in all of this. That that grace has to be our response, right? grace in order to find peace and in order to operate in peace grace has to be our response we've got to recognize that when there are false teachers that inevitably we're going to run into maybe there is a place and a time for us to have that discussion but we can't go after them with the sword right we've got to let the spirit do the convicting we can go after them with the scripture and 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 just kind of come alongside of them and help I'll point them in the better direction, but there's probably pride that's going to be involved in that to some extent. But we certainly aren't the ones that are are there to condemn them for that. That's God's job. He's the only judge in all of it. We've got to meet them and pray for them and and wrestle through some of the misunderstandings that they may have with them um, outside of being the judge over them. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because even when it talks about the armor of God, right, and we talk about the sword, which a lot of us think of, like, um, as an attacking thing, the, the, sword of, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with prayer and supplication, that's, that's a spiritual offensive, mm-hmm. but it's a physical defensive. Mm-hmm. Right. That that is the sword being used as a defensive action for what we experience here, but then as an offensive in the spiritual yep. way of thinking of things. Yep. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, like, and right there, at Galatians six one, uh, brothers and sisters, someone's caught in sin. You who live by the Spirit, there you have it. Right. Right. Should restore that person gently. There's not there's not an attack on that person but watch yourselves or you too may be tempted carry each other's burdens and in this you will fulfill the law of christ so that there's some good summation in all of that that you've you've got to help restore that person gently right which is the key the key word there but then you also have to watch your back right because you may be given into Wow, what they said makes some pretty good sense. Maybe, maybe I've had it wrong the whole time, and all of a sudden we begin approaching some gospel that's not the gospel of Christ, which therefore is no gospel at all. Watch out for the wolves. Yeah, watch Y'all out for no the gospel. Wolves. Yeah. Y'all know gospel at all. Yeah. You know Jesus. But what's <laughs> even cooler? 
is is the fact that regardless of false prophets mm-hmm. and and people who speak Jesus's name in vain it's it's cool that they're still speaking Jesus's name and people are right. still learning about him right regardless yep like in 2000 plus years it hasn't been stifled right in fact, it's, just, it's expanding. <laughs> that's it's it's mind blowing. Yep. So. Yep. Even though in America we've taken a very lazy approach to our our walk with Christ, there are places in the world where where the good news is being preached in a bold way, and the kingdom of God is is expanding rapidly, which is is incredible news to hear. And all of the people who aren't lazy, mm-hmm. right? Like that have tried to work against you know proving proving all of it wrong mm-hmm. everybody who who goes and tries thoroughly to disprove has come out with with not being able to do so mm-hmm. or believing fully in in what's going on and mm-hmm. and and this gospel that we're talking about yep. I don't know and and with the technology that we have today being able to to dive into some of that stuff and start proving that some of these things are legit yeah. like didn't need it i mean it was still growing yeah. but the fact that we have it just strengthens the strengthens the truth man word word it's up. just more more uh more strength for it Watch out for the wolves. If you're called to be a shepherd, you're not on the offensive, you're on the defensive. Yep. Tend your flock and understand that any gospel that does not include grace and peace is not a gospel at all. They're the fruits that we get to experience. But also has a, it's a big call for us as well to be able to reciprocate with those as well you know they're also the two fruits that we can't give other people grace and peace yeah yeah i mean we can show grace but not in the extent that christ did not not really yeah Yeah. not really i mean that's giving them something we can't give them something they don't deserve i mean that or that they can't deserve right right so and peace i mean we have a hard enough time having peace ourselves, right. much less giving it to other people. That's good. But we can have mercy, and we can do our best to love, but <clears throat> defend the sheep, defend each other, and remember that God, it's God's job to, to pay back and to attack. And to pour out his wrath eventually. Interesting kickoff to uh, Galatians. Good stuff. And everything you do, be in prayer. Worship God. Love others. Serve people. Love Jesus. Change the world. God bless. Grace and peace. Amen. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us, guys. We, uh... 
we appreciate all of you guys and just love to hear from you what you think of grace and peace and your thoughts on all of it see you next week hey thanks for joining us make sure to subscribe and give us a like on itunes and spotify so that you will never miss a show and while you're at it Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.